appreciate an interest in your prayers, the, the time that we stand before you. Uh, Brother uh, Andrew Huffman preached a series of sermons at Memphis on Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, Judge not that you be not judged, and it was really, really good. But uh, uh, sometimes we are quick to judge others, but not uh, quick to judge ourselves. In Psalms chapter 51, we'll look at a few verses right here. And, and this talks about, it's written by an individual, by David, after he had been confronted with the sin of Bathsheba, of committing the adulterous relationship with Bathsheba. And David thought that uh, he had covered up the, uh, the sin and the relationship by actually uh, committing a uh, murderous act of having her husband's life taken. You say, well, that's a pretty bad situation. I've never encountered anything like that. Have you ever, uh, have you ever thought about somebody else and you think, I-, I really hope they get what they deserve. I've been wronged. I've been done. I've been treated wrongly. And I hope they get what they've got coming. Well, Let's look at this chapter and see if this, how this addresses us. David had that attitude when confronted by Nathan, even though he didn't realize that the, the confrontation was about his own self until it was made aware to him that it was. And he said that the man that does this should surely die. And he didn't really realize that he was establishing his own sentence right here. And if we really listen to ourselves, oftentimes we would be establishing our own sentence if we were judged on the same basis that we judge other folks. Isn't it amazing how we'll judge other folks generally on areas that maybe we don't have struggles with? That's not my struggle. That's their struggle. Well, let's look at what David says right here when it's brought to light, when he's confronted with his own sin. And you know, that's really what it gets down. When your shoe leather hits the pavement, that's what it's all about. It's not about somebody else's sin. You remember um, one of the disciples said, well, what about the other one over here? What's he supposed to do? And the Lord says, I believe it was Peter that said, you're to serve me. How I handled him, that's between, that's between he and I. That's in, in, in John. I believe it's the last chapter of John. But it's between each one of us and God. Now, I'm, I'm going to, I hope that Brother Steve or Brother Chuck or Brother Andy or some of these visiting ministers have more light about this than I do. I don't understand fully the judgment day. Do you? Understand we're going to be judged. I sure hope it's not based on the merits of our works. Or how about our thoughts? 
or how about our actions? If we're judged on that, we're in a, in a bad way. The unrighteous are going to be judged by their works. But the children of God, I believe, are going to be judged not by our works, but by the mediator and the work that he did. And that's Jesus Christ paying the price for our sins. And that's my hope. I don't know about you, but that's my hope. If, if it's the judgment day that's described by a lot of folks that your good works have to outweigh your bad works. I don't know about you, but I know that I'm up a creek without a paddle. If it's dependent upon my works or the good works outweighing the bad works. I believe that Christ represents us not only now and representatives upon the cross of Calvary, but he's going to represent us in that horrible judgment day, which will be horrible for those that are judged to eternal punishment. And he's going to say that would have been the lot of these folks had it not been for the sacrifice that I've made, but they're mine and I love them and I'm taking them on home to glory. And I'm counting on if we experience the judgment day having an advocate there and that's Jesus Christ to plead our case. And that's my hope and it ought to be your hope as well because I tell you, if you don't have Christ, I can't encourage you. Christ is your only hope. It is your only answer. If you don't have Christ, then I can't encourage you outside of Christ. Let's... let's Breeze through a few verses here on Psalm 51. It is so good. All of a sudden, David, who was confronted with his sin, and when we're confronted with our own sin, not the sin of others, but when we're confronted with our own sin, then we go before the Lord, and our only plea is what David's plea was right here. And David said to the Lord, as he's talking to the Lord, as he's crying to the Lord, he says, Lord, don't judge me based on my actions or based on being a friend of God or based on you uh, being with me in the past. But Lord, have mercy upon me. And that's all that we can cry unto the Lord about ourselves. I don't know about you, but... I don't have any other merit or basis to come to the Lord other than asking God to have mercy upon me. He starts out and he says, have mercy upon me, O God, according not to my worth or actions, but Lord, have mercy upon me according to thy loving kindness. Aren't you thankful that God deals with you according to his mercy and that he deals with you? with love and with kindness and compassion and doesn't deal with us according to what we deserve. That's one thing about old Baptist. We realize, if we realize anything at all, we realize that what we deserve is not what we want. And what we want is not what we deserve. It's grace and it's mercy. And he says... Now, now let me let me just throw this out to you right here, or share it with you, or present it in a as compassionate way as I know how. 
if if you can relate to this portion of scripture right here, it is because God has shown you who you really are. If it clicks with you when you read it, and you say, you know what, I think that's talking about me. And that's a real good evidence that God has been there and visited you and touched your heart. But as we read this, if you're saying that doesn't apply to me, then you got problems. Your only hope is that God has shown you your condition. Look at what he says. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According to the multitude of your tender mercies. Lord, would you blot out my transgressions? I appreciated Brother Cook's prayer. Mentioning cleansing our conscience. That we can serve him. Satan would have us to gather these transgressions up. And be reminded of them. And it's going to hinder us in serving the Lord. But David said, Lord, I know my transgressions. I know where I've sinned. Lord, would you cover them? Would you blot them out? Would you even blot them out of my mind where I'm not continually obsessed with them? He said, Lord, would you wash me thoroughly? Would you wash me from my iniquity and would you cleanse me from my sin?" For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. David said, you know, I sinned against Bathsheba. I sinned against her husband. I sinned against her children. But at the end of the day, I sinned against the Lord. He says against thee. And thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. That thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. And then David goes back and he even gives us a picture of our depravity from the beginning. He says, behold, I was shapen in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. It doesn't mean that his mother conceived him in, uh, an, uh, 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 in an unmarried state. That's not what he's saying right here. I believe what he's saying right here is that when I was conceived, I was born a sinner. And sadly, when I was conceived... I was, I was conceived from sinful parents. My mother's a sinner and my father is a sinner. And so if, if my mother's a sinner and my father's a sinner, then when I'm conceived, it, it stands to reason that, that I'm going to be sinful as well. The only one that was not ever conceived in sin was Jesus Christ. And he was conceived of the Holy Ghost. And if you, if you don't embrace the uh, conception of the Holy Ghost conceiving Christ, then you can't take away from Christ being conceived with sin and Christ was sinless. So that was the only way that Christ could be conceived sinless 
is that he was conceived by a supernatural way of the Holy Spirit, which was completely sinless and Christ was sinless. But all of us have been conceived in sin. And David says, he said, I started out a sinner. He said, I started out with sinful parents. My mother was a sinner and my, my father was a sinner and now I'm a sinner. You know, it, it's, it's hard for me to sometimes, I, I'm just, I'm confessing to you. You know me 27 years. You know me pretty well. I, I, I'm confessing to you. It's hard to understand these little children being sinners. They're so precious. They're so wonderful. They're just precious. But it doesn't take long before, as Brother Bradley says, you teach them the word no and then you begin to see the natural man begin to manifest itself. And you realize what appears to be so precious also has two natures within it. If the Lord has touched it. Let's go down quickly. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden parts shall thou make me to know wisdom. David says... Purge me with hyssop and, and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. He, he's at least going to the right source. David is going to the Lord and saying, Lord, I need some help. I need some cleansing. I need to be made pure. I need to be made, uh, I need to be made clean. I need to be washed. And he said, only, only you can cleanse me. And, and we rejoice to know that we have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And that Jesus Christ paid the price for our sins by the blood that he shed upon Calvary's cross. And that when, when we are viewed by God or viewed by Christ, he views us through that sacrificial blood of Jesus Christ. And he does see us clean, not because we're clean in our own actions or our own thoughts, but we're clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. You've been washed in the blood and that's how Christ sees you. That's our hope. He comes on down. He says, make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones that thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all of mine iniquities. Next few verses are so rich right here. He says, create in me. David says, I need to be cleansed. I need to be washed. I, 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 I remember at one time I had joy in my heart. I had joy in my soul. And Lord, I'm asking you to give it to me again. Amen. Do you remember the, the joy that you had when you united in gospel baptism? Wouldn't you just like to have that all the time? I mean, it was a happy day, Brother Phil, when you and Bray were baptized and Folks, not only you and Bray were rejoicing, but everybody was rejoicing with you. Well, sometimes as we live along some of the experiences or some of our decisions, wrong decisions, rob us from that joy that we had early on. David had been robbed of it here. And David said, Lord, I don't know if I'll ever have it again but would you give it to me again? Would you let me experience that again? And he says, the joy and gladness, would you make me to rejoice and hear it again? And then he says, 
Lord, I know my heart. I know my mind. If you really search your heart, you really search your mind. Aren't there some things that you'd like to be cleansed from? Aren't there some things you'd like to be changed? Here he says, Lord, would you create, not in brother or sister so-and-so, not in somebody else, but Lord, would you create in me a clean heart? Lord, would you create in me a clean heart? And, and Lord, while you're, while you're creating a clean heart in me, would you also renew a right spirit in me? Would you, would you renew a right spirit and would you do it within me? And he says, cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. He says, Lord, I've enjoyed it. I've, been, I've rejoiced in it in times past. And I'm praying, Lord, that you'd give it to me again. And he says, restore unto me. This is a... This is a relationship between David and his Lord. And and that's really what your relationship and my relationship ought to be about. It ought to be between myself and Christ and you and Christ. And as we nurture our relationship with Christ and we build our relationship with Christ, it'll have an impact on other folks around. It will. It'll be a blessing to them. It will. David said, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Now, David had a desire right here. I've heard parents say this. I don't want my kids to make the same mistakes I made. Anybody ever said that? Remember Brother Dwayne Schaefer said when he had his first son, he said, Lord, would you bless him to be just like me? And he said, no sooner did those words come out of my mouth than he said, Lord, please don't bless him to be just like me. I don't want him to experience the same challenges that I've experienced. David, David said, Lord, if you'll renew a right spirit in me, then Lord, I'm going to teach others what you've taught me through the deliverance that you've delivered me from. I'm going to help other folks with that. Brother Chad Atchley at uh, Southampton, he's been here and visited. He was sharing that he had just finished his necessary courses to be able to try to be used of God to help other young folks that have suffered with a variety of addictions. You know why he wanted to do that? Because he'd lost a brother through 
an addiction. And he wants to take his experience and help others. And that's what David is saying right here. Lord, if I can help somebody else through what I've learned or what I've experienced or through some of the wrong terms that I've made, Lord, would you use me to help others? And that's what he says. Then I'll teach transgressors, not my ways, but thy ways. And sinners will be converted or shall be converted unto thee. Let's go down to verse 17. It's so good. Verse 17, 18, 19, all of them are really good. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. It's the Lord's church. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offerings and with whole burnt offerings. Then shall thy, they offer bullocks upon thine altar. David said, Lord, I acknowledge that I've sinned. But I'm praying, Lord, that you'll deal with me on a personal level. And that you'll renew a right spirit within me. You'll create a right heart within me. You'll restore the joy that I've experienced at one time in my life. And then, Lord, if, if I have an opportunity to teach others along the way. And to be used to somehow help others. I'll delight to teach transgressors the way and sinners will be converted. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. If we're missing the joy of our salvation, it's there. Our salvation is a joyous experience. It's not just a joyous story. It's not just a joyous account. But our salvation and hope in the Lord is a joyous experience. And if we're missing that joyous experience before the Lord, it's probably that we have departed from the Lord in certain areas of our life. And we should cry unto the Lord and say, Lord, would you cleanse my heart? Would you show me a right way? Would you renew a right spirit? Would you restore unto me the joy of thy salvation? And then I'll try to use it to help other folks. May God bless you. We're glad you've been able to listen to this podcast. We invite you to come and worship with us on a Sunday morning. Our services begin with hymn singing at 1030 a.m. Mount Carmel Primitive Baptist Church is located at 1707 Churchville Road in Bel Air, Maryland. If you've enjoyed this message, we invite you to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or in your favorite podcast application.